Welcome to the Dwelling Podcast. We're so glad you tuned in. Our hopes is that this message inspires you and builds your faith today. It's a special day every day because Holy Spirit is in us. He's with us. He's always working. But today is an especially special day because we are having a women's panel this morning. And I think we could have picked... I mean, there's so many people we could have picked to be on this panel because there are so many godly, powerful women in this place. But we have four coming because if we had any more, I think this service would probably take about five hours. So the purpose for the panel today, now Holy Spirit's gonna do what he wants. So by the end of this service, we may have a a totally different purpose. Y'all can come on up whenever they get out of the way. But the purpose is, is if you've been around here for a while, or if you're involved in communities, dwelling communities, you know the power of story. You know the, how powerful and life-changing it is to get to know your brothers and sisters in Christ and hear their story and how their story can do things to set you free and how you sharing your story does things that you don't even expect to set others free. And so that's the purpose of the panel today, is we just wanted to kind of open up for some of that to happen and maybe get some ladies up here today who aren't typically on the stage with a mic speaking. Um, Just to bring out, because God has done some powerful things in their lives, and we just wanted to kind of invite you in on that. And just to be listening to the Holy Spirit, what does he want to do with you today? What does he want to say to you today? So I'm going to come back to my spot back here. (laughs) Um, So we're going to start, and we're just going to go, we'll start with you, Rebecca, and I just want y'all to tell everybody, um, just introduce yourself. I didn't even introduce myself. I'm Bethany. Sorry, y'all. If you don't know me, you may, um, I'm famously known because I'm married to Gunner, who you probably do know if you don't know me. Um, Who's Gunner? Well, he's, you know. You'll, you'll see. Um, but if y'all, we're, we're just so refined around here. Um, if y'all would just go around and tell your name, um, maybe what you do for a living, where you're originally from, because I know so many of us aren't originally from Savannah, so that's always interesting. Um, yeah, so we'll just start with Rebecca. Okay, awesome. Well, my name is Rebecca Duma. I'm originally from Akron, Ohio. Um, so I've come a long way, <laughs> but I've been here almost 30 years, and um, God's done amazing things in my life. I'm very excited to be here today. Um, I've been in vacation rental management and sales um, in a real estate and vacation rental office for the last 20 years. Um, this year for me has been a total transition. About two years ago, God gave me the vision for new creation, construction, and painting, and that was based off 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man's in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. Well, that started to become very busy, and I was able to leave my career of 20 years. And now I'm kind of walking with Jesus in as the carpentry work, and I see why he loved it. Yeah. Um, and I just really enjoy um, having that time with him during the day. And I see why he did that. Um, So that's been a blessing and get to help a lot of people um, with work. Um, I also have a full-time nonprofit called Relentless Grace. I help people get off the streets here in Savannah um, and in not just here, but other cities and states and around the world in Haiti and India. So um, that over the past six years... um, God's just downloaded a lot of vision to help the broken and those who who need a savior. So I'm thankful to be here with you guys today. I'm also a mom, and I have three children and four grandchildren, and um, I love Jesus. Yeah. Uh, my name is Christy Rada. <laughs> I paid them a lot of money for that. <clears throat> Um, so I currently am a director of a travel agency and I'm about to retire from a position that I've held for close to 20 years as an office manager for a custom home builder. Uh, originally, uh, uh, we are from Kent Island, Maryland, which is this little island in the middle of the Chesapeake Bay. 
we were drawn to Savannah. Um, my husband and I, Dane, who was one of the good-looking guitar players back there. Can I take liberty with that, Mackenzie? Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, I suffered from barometric migraines, which means whenever there was a storm, I would be bedridden or not want to be around people. Uh, so just in the course of, of visiting family, we have um, our treasured niece lives here as well and her mom. And so when we came down to visit them, we noticed that I didn't have any headaches. There were many storms that came through. And after researching, we found out that Savannah is one of the best places. Uh, I know that Rob Driggers can attest to this, where the pressure stays the same around 30. Uh, and then that's supposed to be best for fishing. Correct, Rob? I think <laughs> 30, but anyway, so that's why we moved here. And then, of course, um, we were introduced to the dwelling from our amazing neighbors who live right next to us. They moved in, and the first question that Chuck Thompson asked us after the introduction was, hey, have y'all found a church yet? So after some time just being with each other and kind of uh, resting in Jesus, we came to the dwelling and have been here ever since. And I will attest to a lot of that is because of Matt Ionato who remembered our name um, the second time that we came back. And that was a huge blessing to us to be yeah. recognized. Um, yeah. So we thank you for that. And we thank you for the dwelling. Yeah. Well, hi, you guys. My name is Mode. Um, I am very, very honored to be here this morning. But um, I'm originally from Canada, so even further than Ohio. But um, yes, and I am here now in Savannah in the midst of the heat. I'm getting used to it. But um, my husband and I, my husband is the kids pastor here at The Dwelling. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. And we, we, we got here by taking a step of faith last year. Uh, I mean, actually this summer. <laughs> so my husband and I lived in Massachusetts. We, were, we loved where we were, but we just felt this tug on our heart that we needed to be closer to family. And we just, we just kept thinking about it, kept being reminded of it. And we visited my parents in May. And then we were like, hey, we really like it here. <laughs> and then we visited the dwelling. We loved it. And we got some conversations going with Pastor Gunner and Bethany. And, and then a month later, we were moving. <laughs> so it was just a step of faith, just packing our things and going, not knowing what we were going to get. But we have the best church and the best community. And we're just so grateful to be here. Yeah. All right. Hey, y'all. Um, so I'm Mackenzie. I am originally from Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> Thank you. I did not have to pay for that because people from Jacksonville just do that. Um, I met my husband a little over um, 11 years ago and he is originally from Savannah. He said Savannah is the most beautiful city in the world and he could never live anywhere else. And well, I'm from Jacksonville. So like, I'm like, I'm not gonna argue with you. So um, so we got married and moved here about 10 years ago. We have two little kids. They are one and four. And they are, if I like could be so, so bold as to say the cutest little kids ever. I mean, I will. Um, and yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. We uh, had served in a church and felt like God was calling us to, um, to move on. Our community was kind of just changing um, and going and I feel like God was calling us in a different direction. And, you know, we kind of all just happenstance ended up at the dwelling and we just could never look back. I mean, we walked in and Tim gets in the car and we had said, okay, we're not, we were living in Pooler. We were like, we're not going to go to church in Savannah. It's so far from Pooler. <laughs> and so we're like, okay, we're going to visit as a favor to our friends that were coming. And so we, we get in the car after, after church and Tim looks at me and goes, well, it! we got to go to church in Savannah. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's where we're at. Such strong language, Tim. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I, don't know. I actually thought about running words by you. Like, am I allowed to say this or that? I, th I think we can say dadgummit up oh, here. I'm so yeah. sorry. I think, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Already crossing those lines, pushing that envelope. Anyway, okay, so we're gonna jump right in with some of these questions because when I like to get to know somebody, it's like I wanna know your grandmama's name, I wanna know your social security number, I wanna know your, your shoe size. So we're getting into like some of the 
deep questions today. We're not just staying on the surface with these ladies, and I think they're ready to go. So this is you go, girl. So here we go. So Rebecca, I want to start with you with this question. What is, I mean, I heard you, I heard you say, talk about um, your years working, you know, you've raised children, you have this ministry now. What would you say is the most fulfilling thing that you do? Um, God has called me, um, and I think all of us, to love um, one another. And um, I think when Jesus walked the streets, you know, his mission was for people to see the Father. Um, God is love. And it's one of the highest giftings I think you can have when you learn to love people unconditionally and right where they are. Um, That can hurt sometimes and be painful. But... God uses me to love others um, and let them feel love that they've never experienced. And especially on the streets, you find so many people where they have burned their bridges. They have no one in their life um, when you come in and you love them right where they are. Um, It just makes such an impact. It can change a life. And so I believe, you know, it says, you know, beloved, let us love one another. It's First John 4, 7 and 8. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And that can be hard at times, um, you know, when you get hurt or you're down. Um, but when you really find that fiber, you get a taste of who Jesus is, um, it's, it really makes everything worthwhile. And for me, that's anywhere I am, no matter if it's with the homeless or the broken or if I'm in Kroger, um, I really like to pay attention. Um, today in the lobby, someone said their back hurt, a sister of mine from my connect community group. Let's pray. You know, a lot of times we just go through life and we don't pay attention. You know, we don't meet needs you know, which is what we're created to do. And I feel like, for me, the fiber of who I am, I'm a love bug. Yeah. If you want to know, that's, that's the easiest way to say it. Um, I love people. And I'm so blessed to be here today and honored. But if you don't know Jesus, today's the day um, of salvation because he loves you. And you don't have to meet this certain standard to, you know, work in the kingdom. He's going to change you. Everybody that Jesus used in the Bible, they were screwed up. <laughs> you know, he doesn't say get to this certain level and then we can do something. You know, he says, walk with me. Let me change you as we walk together. You know, the goodness of God is what leads to repentance. So I think, you know, a stereotype of Christianity is you have to meet this bar And Jesus says, no, I love you just the way you are. I created you, and I want to do some amazing things in your life. So I don't talk much. (laughs) Well, Mackenzie, I'm jumping to you next. So I'll, okay, y'all can pass the. um, This is a question I really wanted to get to. Um, What, I know that you have been on such a great journey with God. What do you think is just if, if you could name one thing that just really defines the fabric of your life, what is the one thing, the greatest thing God has either taught you or worked into your life that now really defines who you are? I'm so glad you asked me that because I, um, I was talking to Christy beforehand and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna kind of shoot from the hip, but this was a question that I really wanted to, wanted to answer. Um, so I feel like the biggest thing that God has like the foundation of everything is that faith is a gift that he gives us. And in seasons when I have nothing or I feel like everything has been taken and I feel like I can't even muster up the faith, um, he just gently reminds me, it's like, I am the one that persuades you to faith. I am the one that gives you the faith in the first place. So it's not about me pulling myself up by my bootstraps and believing when everything looks terrible. Um, It really is about going to him in humility and being like, okay, God, I'm I'm running on empty. Like I need you 
to put the faith in me so that I can trust you. Um, and it's so humbling because then it's like, okay, I can't even like brag about my awesome faith because it's like he just gave it to me. Um, so it's just, it really is, it, you, I found such a freedom in knowing that my faith isn't something that I have to work up. It's not something I have to, and it's not even something I have to beg for. You know, he's a good father who gives with open hands and, you know, he says, come to me and ask. And so, yeah, that's, that's about it. So, Mode, there's a lot that I admire about you. You're just a really special person. And I feel like especially, you know, at your age, you just, you really stand out. And I feel like that there are just a lot of character strengths about you. So I want to ask you the same question. If you could just sum up what is the greatest thing that God has done in your life or taught you, what would it be? Well, it's funny because when I got that question, I was like, I hope I don't get that question. <laughs> just because I felt just because I felt like I needed a whole year to think about it. I felt like there was such light I'm a I'm a person of layer, but I would say that the thing that God has taught me and the way I prepared for this is that I went back to my journals. And whenever I was like, I'm gonna try to see if there's a theme and in my journals, and as I was reading I just kept somehow reminding myself that Jesus is my great defender and that Jesus is my protector and he's my safe space. And, and that's the thing I kept going to. And so the thing, the, the thing that makes me me yeah. is that I know that I can always rely on God and that he's, he is my safe space. Whatever fear I have, whatever I'm going through, he's my safe space. And it's funny because, again, like I was... For years, it's what I was written, writing about, and I didn't even realize that that was a common theme, that he was my defender and he was my protector and he was my provider. But that, that is what he's taught me all and throughout, throughout my different season, is that who he is. And yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good. Okay. Um, Go ahead. Go, no, you go no, ahead. No, no. I'm looking at my question <laughs> again because I wanted to make sure. One, I mean, I can answer that one. Well, I do. Okay. There, this is one that I just kind of had planned for you. Okay. Well, then I will buck the system. <laughs> the whole time. Because, because I think that you're, um, I just want to hear more because I know you've been walking with the Lord for a long time. And I know that you've been through a lot of things that a lot of us have not been. Um, and I just really admire you for that. So I want to hear from you, which you can answer the other one too, but I want to hear from you. What do you think that God has brought you out of or what has helped you? How has he helped you overcome the most difficult time in your life? So this is so good. This is just how God works. We all got the questions and I, this question came to me and I thought, oh my gosh, I hope I get to answer this. I hope I get to answer this one. <clears throat> So yeah, so God has brought me through um, depression and anxiety. I, I went through a horrible time um, where I would not want to get out of bed. I wouldn't even want to take care of my children. Um, and that I knew that it was wrong. And I tried mentally, you try to talk yourself out of bed. You're like, I can do this. Even pleading with God, God, just get me through this day. So I claim my healing 100% because of therapy and medication. Why do we only keep God in a box when it comes to supernatural healing? I think that we do that so often. I have my healing through the knowledge that he has gifted us with to discover these things, to find out what makes us tick. Why do I react this way? And you know what? My brain is broken. There is a chemical that just doesn't get produced anymore. But God loves us so much, knowing that we live in these imperfect bodies, that he gave us this knowledge to say, you know what? You need some help. And I'm going to heal you by supplication through a medicine. So I am, that's what I claim, and I encourage anybody. You can get supernatural healing. Oh my gosh, that is, amen. Because of his stripes, we are healed. But also, use what we have right here and right now as well. There are wonderful therapists. There are some that can even give you uh, needs if you in this church that can refer you somewhere. 
but don't suffer any longer because you feel the shame of maybe you're not getting that supernatural healing or having to rely on a medication. The medication that I take for my depression is no different than someone that has to take it for blood pressure or someone that has to take it for cholesterol. It's just a help for me until the day that I can claim perfection when I'm with Jesus Christ. So thank you. Okay, Rebecca. So I see you as, I mean, you are a woman, you know scripture, like you are walking in victory. You are doing, like you are just pouring out so much for other people. So I have to ask you this. I don't want to just see that part of you. I want to know what is a weakness that you have and a strength. But that's, you know, as we're peeling back the layers of who we are as people, you know, and I can see you so polished and so in love with Jesus and so strong. I want to know about a weakness. Well, I'm definitely human. (laughs) Um, So I have a lot of challenges I face um, daily. Um, I've had to go to recovery for like setting boundaries, you know, codependency and enabling, um, when you do love that strong, there's certain things that you do um, where you, you know, you come last. And I think that for me, I get busy trying to maintain so much in a day and I move so fast that, you know, I definitely have to do, my dad's a pastor as well um, in Ohio And he always taught me like every morning, you know, Lord, take control of the throne of my life today. Make me the woman you want me to be. Um, So I have to stay prayed up. I have to stay in the word. Um, For me, it's not religion. It's about relationship. And so my weakness, you know, and being sucked dry, um, he fills me up. And um, it wasn't till I really had a relationship with the Holy Spirit who is in me that I was able to even have a stronger relationship with Jesus and then know who my father was. And so um, as far as a weakness, I get too busy. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of us do that. You know, we get busy with life. We don't take our time in the word, our worship time. Um, we have 24-7 access. We have power inside of us. We have everything that we need. Um, and sometimes we forget that. We let the enemy beat us up, get discouraged. I'm also really hood. Like, I love rap music, and... <laughs> like, I'm gangster. <laughs> I'm gangster. <laughs> it can be. It can be a weakness, because the enemy can use your music. The words we speak have power. So I have to limit myself to what I turn on, the radio but I love my worship. That's my favorite place to be. <laughs> it's a good balance, yeah. I guess. It's a good balance. <laughs> um, well, Mackenzie, I'll say the same for you. Like, I know a lot of people here admire you. And so I want to know, yes, I'm getting yeses. Okay, see, I knew I was right. Um, I want to hear about what, what's an area right now in your life that you feel weak in, and then what is God doing in that area? Okay, so it's funny because I was going through the a lot. Most people that know me know that my sister's Holly. She goes here, um, and we basically talk twenty four seven. Like we just in the she calls me at six a.m. and we just like put ourselves on Facetime and we just she stays there all day. She's just part of my day um, until I eventually pull up into her driveway and then I'm like, okay, I'm here. Bye, and we hang up for thirty seconds. Um, so I was going over the questions with her, like talking through you know, things. And I'm like, and I get to this question and she goes, oh, that's easy. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, yeah. And she was like, well, no, no. First, like, what do you think it is? And I was like, well, I'm kind of like a hot mess. And she was like, yeah, I was going to say that you're disorganized. (laughs) So um, I think what I tend to do is I tend to be one of those people that wants to, to go and do and fit everything into my day. Um, which has like, it's good parts for some things, but like, honestly, it is a detriment. You know, it's, we, when, when I am like that, when I overschedule myself and I pack everything into the day and don't really organize it in any sort of cohesive way, um, 
I tend to to kind of get lost in it and get overwhelmed. Um, I tend to to have like 15 spinning plates and then I'm like, okay, I just got to decide what I'm going to drop today. Um, and I think that that's where, that's a, a space that it really helps to have people in my corner yeah. that are going to be honest with me. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we do a lot of truth buddy things. Like I want, you know, I want you to speak the truth to me always um, confront the lie. And so I feel like it's really helpful to have somebody in your corner who can say, okay, yes, pull it back, yeah. pull it back. You got to take some quiet time. You're, you're doing too much. You're putting too much on your plate. Um, and I feel like that's been really helpful for me. Um, and one day I will listen. <laughs> so keep that mic for a second. What would you tell people who don't feel like they have somebody like that in their corner? How do you develop a relationship like that where people will say, like, not try to, because in the South, we're so nice and we don't want to, like, we don't want to be rude and, you yeah. know, overstep. How do you develop that where somebody will tell you, Mackenzie, like, you need to do this or you need to do that? So this is something that we have developed. So we've been sisters all of our lives. Um, but we did not grow up as friends. There was a sister between us. We're a big family, a lot of drama. Um, and so Holly kind of had her life and I kind of had my life. And it wasn't until we had kids that we really just started picking up the phone and calling each other. I'd call to check in on the boys. She'd call to check in on me. Um, and we, over time we really started to develop trust. When we first started developing our relationship, there was so much that I felt like I couldn't say to her or she felt like she couldn't say to me, especially in regards to like how the other person was um, was doing. You know, if, if she was, you know, being a little fringe and needed to pull herself back in, I didn't really feel like I could say that and I couldn't yeah. um, because we hadn't yet established a layer of trust um, the foundation of our relationship and our conversations is I know that her heart is for me. Yeah. I know that she loves me. And even if it comes out sideways, what she is saying to me is coming from a place of love yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. I wish I could say that like that happens overnight, but honestly, it's work. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the work of going first. Yeah. Um, somebody... Mm. Uh, talked to me about this concept the other day of like being the, the one to go first and the first to be vulnerable and the first to kind of, to, to bear your soul. And so I think it's just taking that first step, being willing to go first with somebody and build that trust and be consistent and show up. And it's really easy, especially in today's culture, um, to have like Facebook friends. And, you know, that sounds so silly, but like truly it's easy to see what somebody is doing and feel like you have a relationship. Like you need to pick up the phone and call somebody. You need to pick up the phone and text somebody and get coffee and see them face to face and tell them about what's going on. And it's only through like bearing your soul and being like, hey, this is what I'm struggling with that you can then, they can then develop the trust in you that, okay, this person trusts me. I can be honest with them. Thank you for that. I know that's really practical. And that's, I mean, that's where a lot of us are is we want those kind of relationships, but we don't know how to get there. So thank you for that. Okay. You want to pass it to Mode? I got you next. I'm kind of going in a, in our pattern here. So I know that you are a deep thinker and you really are in tune with your thoughts, you're in tune with what's going on around you. So I wanted to ask you this, what is something in the church that we don't talk about enough that should be talked about? Yeah. Great question. Um, I would say that one of the, to be honest, I don't think I've experienced this here. Let me preface it this way. I don't think there's anything that's been taboo that hasn't been spoken about here. And I, I, I don't want us to take this for granted because I, I have been in other churches where they won't talk about those taboos. Um, but one thing that I think we don't talk about enough is, and it's gonna sound crazy because we do it here, but is um, we talk a lot about self-improvement into not a 
gospel ways. And I think we need to go back to how did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? What was Jesus' character? What are we called to? Not just, oh, how can you improve your business? Or how can I get better? Or how can I get, obviously all of these things are true, but it, it always comes down to who you are in Christ. And I think that's what we got to come back to is who Jesus is and how Jesus was. And like, if we just go back to the beginning, everything flows out of that. And I think that that's what we got to get back to in church. And I know we do this here and I'm so grateful for it. But I want to see more churches and more people going back to Jesus. And not just the, oh, the fluff, the experience. Let's go back to Jesus and let's go back to the love of Jesus, who Jesus was. But I think that that's what we got to get back to is Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I would second that. <laughs> I think we could all get behind that. Let's see. I don't want to miss any of the really good ones here. Okay. Christy. So somebody actually submitted this question to me. So I'm interested because I know if some people are asking it, then we're all probably asking it. Yeah. So I know that we in past weeks have talked about submitting to one another. How do we submit to each other or how do you show honor to somebody maybe that has not done things perfectly or has hurt you? I know that you probably know this practically. How do we, do, give me some thoughts on that. How do we submit to one another when the other person has, in, in the church body setting even, has not treated us well or has not been perfect? Once again, I was glad that you asked me this question because I, I don't journal. Um, it's probably something that I should have done because my memory is not there much anymore. Um, but I was going through something and I was um, being affected by people's opinions or, and they were, I took it personally and I was hurt. I was one of those situations where I thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you're a Christian and you feel that way. Yeah. I'm so offended. I mean, that, that bothers me. So I um, actually wrote this down and I brought it with me today because I can't recite it to you verbatim, but this is, this is, and I have to go back to this because it's not something, it's something that I am currently and all, I think always will be working through is to not take offense and what to do with that, that hurt. Uh, so it says, I'm a Christian, a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ first and foremost in my life. I call myself a follower of Jesus, but do I have the right to be offended by the actions of the world? Simply put, no. As a follower of Christ, we should be the least offended people. So the world reacts like the world, and should we be surprised? Even more so, should we hold it against them? What do I, Christy Rada, have to do with judging anyone? Absolutely nothing. I must leave that to God. If I take offense to someone, that means I leave them no grace. I'm called to a better way, one of peacemaking, reconciliation, and sharing the unconditional love of Jesus. These are the opposite of offense and indignation. Is it easy? No. Do I fail? Yes. I must be ready to listen, offer forgiveness, ask for advice, and not to condemn. One of the best pieces of advice that I have ever heard was, you need to reflect before you react. I must work towards being unoffendable. That should be the nature of who I am in Christ, to show the world that I am different because my heart has been changed. If I respond with an offense to our culture and the people around me, am I not turning away from God's grace and giving into the world and what rules it? This is what I have been called to do to love God and love others and do everything with love. So, and I do, I have to go back to that because, you know, we live in this fallen world and it is my first reaction oftentimes is to be offended and to take offense. Like, I can't believe you did that to me. But in that moment, I am doing the exact opposite of what Jesus has told us to do. So that's what I work with and work and on. If I can second that really quick. One of, one of the things that I think we can do when we have to honor people that has hurt us, and it goes exactly with what you're saying, is it has nothing to do with them. 
It has everything to do with who I am and who I'm called to be. I'm called to honor. Your actions do not matter. How much you've hurt me does not matter. It all depends on my character and who I am. I'm going to choose to honor. I'm going to choose to respect. I'm going to choose to be good and loving towards you. Your actions doesn't matter. I'm called to love. And I'm called to have a good character. So it has nothing to do with the other person, but it has everything to do with me and who I'm called to be. Yeah. So we respond based on who Jesus is in us and who he's made us to be and not our response isn't based on the actual circumstances. This is what I hear y'all both saying. That is, if y'all don't go home with a nugget of wisdom today, <laughs> that's, that's one right there. Don't, you're not missing out. Yeah. So, Rebecca, I wanted to ask you this. Um, you said your dad's a pastor. You've been involved in church, you know, your whole life probably. What is, since this is a women's panel, what is one thing as women that we put a lot of emphasis on, even in church circles, that maybe we shouldn't? And where should that emphasis be instead? Well, I believe... Um, with women, you know, we have a tendency to talk and, you know, I think it's easy to get in these groups and, you know, pick up a fence or hear things and speak things out of our mouth instead of being an encouragement, forgiving, loving, um, like what they were just talking about. You know, I've learned to say, bless them, change me, like in any circumstance to you're hurt. It's hard to say bless that person, but change my heart, God. Like, what are you trying to teach me through this? And I think in church, like, you know, other than being in those little chatty groups, um, I think women, you know, like we've been talking about in this whole series, God used women in such a powerful way as his mouthpiece. Um, and just who we are created to be as people in general and to love others, I think when women actually start to step up to that and really get that relationship with Jesus to where everything that we do, it's just flowing from him. Um, and so I guess my answer would be really, where's our source? You know, like, a lot of women get, they just, they're brushed under the rug, or they're not heard, or they're not seen, or they're the opposite. They're in these, like, gossip groups, or, hey, did you hear what so-and-so did? Did you do this? Oh, man, look at, and your words have so much power that you could be edifying, building one another up, um, and really let, plugging into the source, because the way Jesus used the women in the Bible, he wants to utilize each of us today because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's not gonna change. And because women run more on emotion than logic, I think, you know, we do take things to heart. We do get hurt easily. But when we recognize that Jesus has a plan and a purpose for our life, when we allow the Holy Spirit to use us in that way, we could have a tremendous impact in this city um, and in the lives of others. So um, I think no matter where you are today, just know that you are loved and that you do have a purpose and a calling. And um, God wants to use you right where you are. It makes me think of that word, um, you know, when God created woman, the helper word. You know, you talk about our words are powerful, and it's like he created us with this gift for influence and this gift to help, or, you know, if we don't do it his way, this really occurs to hurt. Um, and I just, I love that what you said about our words are powerful, and we can, you know, we can plug into the source and use them um, for, for just that good so what we're going to do now is this will be our last question, but I want everybody to get a chance to, to answer. Um, I can't believe our time is already almost up. Um, so we'll start with Mackenzie and go this way. Um, but I want to know, what is a hope that you have for the future? And how are we going to get there? 
That's a big one. That's a big one. Um, I think my hope for the future is um, that we would see his bride just fall completely in love with his word in like fresh ways. Um, I think that we are swimming upstream in a lot of ways um, when it comes to our culture and finding the time and the space and the resources to, you know, like you're saying, to bring it back to the source. Um, and so my hope um, and my prayer for his church is that we would just fall in love with scripture in new ways um, because it all flows from there. That is like everything changes in the light of his word. And I think as far as getting there, it's just um, through community, through prayer, just asking him for that love, um, encouraging each other in in that pursuit, um, you know, in, empowering each other. And, you know, really, I used to think, oh, well, I'm I'm not a teacher. I'm not a Bible scholar. But it's like, it wasn't until somebody was like, no, 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 you can understand the Bible. Yeah. Like, and encouraging each other in that way of like, we can pursue this together. We can come alongside each other and encourage each other in the word. And so that's my, that's my hope. And I think we can do it. Um, my answer will sound like a pageant answer, but it's genuinely that we love each other. Yes. Well, yes. Well, world peace. Yes. Yes. Which is, which is true because here's the funny thing is that I believe that peace flows out of love. And um, I believe that if we did everything through the lens of love, ugh, the world we would have the words we would say, the actions we would do, the things that would not happen because you can't, there's things you cannot say and there's things you cannot do if you think of love first. And if you would only to see people like Jesus sees them, he sees them through the lens of love and like we would have equality. We would have fairness. We would have love for one another. There wouldn't be as much hate because we would love. So my hope for the world, as cliche as it sounds, is to, is just love. Everything flows from love. And it goes with encouragement. It goes with everything. But, but it really goes back to seeing and doing everything through the lens of love. How much better and more wonderful would our world be that is the... The, the, the best of these is love yes. because everything flows from that. Everything flows from that. Patience, perseverance, kindness, all of it flows from love. So I would say, just go back again, going back to Jesus and how he did things and he was just so loving. So that's what my hope for the world is, is just to have a more loving world. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I have one, um, I would just stick with Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not evil, plans for a future and a hope. And um, if I knew how to get there, I'd have a book, a journal, a calendar, a pen, all of that for you to buy. No, I, the only way that I know how to get there is very simple, and that's Jesus Christ. Nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. Okay, awesome. Well, I have big plans for the future, and I think that my father has big plans for me. But um, I founded Relentless Grace, which is my ministry um, for the broken out of Ephesians three sixteen through 20. And um, that scripture is just so powerful, but I wanted to read it to you guys in the Passion Translation because I think it really speaks volumes of you know, God is capable to do so much through our lives. Yeah. And just the same things Jesus did when he walked here. He said, I'm going to go in John 14. I'm going to go, but I'm going to leave you a comforter. I'm going to yeah. leave you that same power um, that's going to point people to my Father yeah. in love. And that that's huge once, once you get that. I went through a really broken time in my life, um, my son's father was on trial for murder and was sentenced to life in prison. And at that time, I 
learn to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit after being in church my entire life, being a pastor's kid. I knew Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but I didn't know Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I heard about Jesus my whole life. I knew Jesus loved me. But when I found out that we have the same capability and the same power inside of us to lay hands on the sick, to help people be delivered from um, cast out demons. Um, We can do those same things Jesus did, but we let ourselves feel unqualified. So um, I would just challenge you. They're all three different relationships for me, but I do want to read this in the Passion. It's Ephesians 3, 16 through 20. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being. And I call that the inside job. And this is how I've learned in recovery. A lot of people, they struggle for years, 20, 30-year addictions, and they're not set free until that inside job happens within them. And the divine might and explosive power, because that's what we have in us. That was a gift that Jesus said, when you receive me, you receive the Holy Spirit. And I think we walk daily. You know, we come to church on Sunday, but we don't live that. That we, well, I'm going to continue to read because it gets better. (laughs) Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experience, which is the Holy Spirit, the great uh, magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. It's beyond our understanding. The extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imaginations. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. And for me, that was life-changing. In my most broken state, God put people in my life that prayed peace, Mm. and I was exposed to a whole new side, which was the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, and it gives me the capability to love the way Jesus loved, gives me the power that I need to go through each day. And so in looking forward, I want to see not just this church, but the body of Christ have a tremendous impact in our city and on others because we learn to embrace that. That we're not supposed to just come here Sunday and worship the Lord, but that every day of our life, we shouldn't let opportunities slip by without actually embracing who we are and who were we who were who we were created to be so we were in created in love by love and for love and so i'm all about that and i love you guys talk about hope for the future so are you guys thankful to have heard from this panel today I'm so thankful for your willingness to share and just your wisdom and what God's done in your life. So this isn't the end. These ladies have agreed to come to um, the bottom of the platform for prayer. So what we're gonna do, this is our next step. If you heard something today and you're like, I need that in my life. They've overcome something. They've gained some wisdom in this area. I need, I need prayer for that. Come up front, let them pray for you. If you need to meet Jesus today, if you don't really know, just like Rebecca was talking about, if you don't really know the God that they've been talking about up here, 
and you know about him, you've heard of him, you want to know him on a personal level, come up front today and let these ladies pray for you. Um, let them talk with you. And for everybody else, if you need healing in your body, if you have a, a, an inside job need, um, this is what we're gonna do today, and this is kind of how we're gonna dismiss. I'll pray us out, but I'm not gonna ask the community leaders to come to the front or anything like that. I want you to find somebody in this church body that you trust and that you know cares about you. Maybe somebody in your community, maybe a friend you've met at mom's group, whatever. Go to them and ask them to pray for you, and y'all pray together over that thing. We are the body of Christ. It's just like she was talking about. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. Pray for each other today. Don't go out that door if you have a need today. When God is ready to answer, when he's ready to send people your way to share that burden with you, don't leave and carry that alone. So this is how we'll dismiss after, you know, prayer. Y'all can go down um, and just get, get your needs met. Bring it to God today. Lord, we just thank you so much, Lord, that just what, you, what you've done and, Lord, how you've brought us along and how you've helped us to overcome things um, and, God, how you make ordinary people powerful in your kingdom. I just thank you that you don't overlook anybody, that you are active in all of our lives, God, that you just have a plan and that you want to make us more like your son. You want to conform us into your image, Lord, um, just the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, Lord, and that you, wisdom calls out to us and that we can grab on to wisdom and that we can walk with you and that we can have a hope for the future, not because of us, but because how good you are, Lord, and how you came and died for us so that we could have relationship with you, that there wouldn't be a separation. God, we just, we thank you for how you've blessed us. We thank you that, we can leave with hope, that we might have come in here hopeless, but we can leave with hope just because of what you spelled out in your word and for how you draw us, Holy Spirit, into more, into better, into greater, into serving with you, into doing things with you. So God, this week, I just pray that you would just bless us with a greater awareness of you and what you're doing and what's important to you and the hope that you do have for us. Lord, you didn't call us to give us no hope. And so Lord, help us to walk with you. Help us to follow you. I pray that you just speak and you'd help us to listen. We love you so much and we thank you for your goodness. We praise you with everything we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have a great week. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.